once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the C Squared podcast with Corey and Curtis. We are here with Trevor from the Black Dahlia Murder. We're super excited to have him here. He's going to be going over a lot of fun topics with us. He is a wealth of knowledge as well as being one of the biggest advocates for underground bands that I've ever really seen. And so first, I just want to say thank you for being here today. Ah, thanks for having me. You're making me blush with these kind words. Uh. <laughs> well, dude, it's true. I've told Curtis this a couple of times now that I consider it like a personal accomplishment if I'm following a band before you find them. <laughs> I'm uh, like, yeah, yes, it's true. got there before Trevor. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of just accidentally my special skill, you know what I mean? <laughs> like I've been just combing the underground since like the internet really came to a head and mm -hmm um yeah just like that you know it took me from looking through thank you lists to find bands to mm -hmm. like you know really being able to look at like the big picture and uh yeah I didn't really know that being a computer savvy nerd was gonna play into <laughs> this band so much you know what mm -hmm. I mean like half of it maybe even more than half of it of being in a band is like being on social media now it's yep. it's Insane. it's really it's really interesting so um just by kind of keeping like my cards close to my chest like doing all the social media myself you know for the bands uh, for the band I think is kind of like I don't know it's really ramped this thing up you know what I mean mm -hmm. like people know it's me on the other end of that and um yeah it's, it's been working for us all by accident who knew <laughs> isn't that how most good things happen is always by accident <laughs> Um, yeah yeah I, I guess so yeah. you know yeah but before we get like too deep into all of the interview questions and everything just in like a nutshell for anybody who's been living under a rock or doesn't really know who you are could you kind of give just some insight into who you are what you do and like your role sure. beyond just you know the the black dahlia murder like what all you've but all you've got your fingers in <laughs> all right well <laughs> that came out unintentionally inappropriate <laughs> um my name is trevor sternad i am the vocalist of the black dahlia murder i'm an original member of the band we just hit the 20 year mark being a band um i uh am very fortunate the band is doing very well for an underground band you know and i i like to use our platform um to raise awareness about other bands that are out there. You know, like I really saw a hole in metal media for the stuff that I personally liked and like the the corners of the underground I really, really dig into. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I felt kind of compelled to give back. And uh, that's when I started doing the obituarist column at Metal Injection, where every month I would put on like 25 bands of, you know, new releases coming down the pipes that I just didn't see in other metal outlets. You know, I felt mm -hmm. like, my personal corner of metal that I like wasn't represented. So, I mean, I was already, I'm already out here like buying CDs every day. If I don't get a CD in the mail, I get cranky. Mm -hmm. you know? So, like, you know, like I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to, you know, lead by example here with the, with the fans, you know, like I show them 
my nerd, my inner nerd culture for, for metal and metal collection. And, um, yeah, they seem to respond to it. You know, like I tried to, I tried to encourage, um, a togetherness within the scene where I see some bands that like, um, put out this competitive vibe where I think some bands are afraid to, to recommend a young band to their fans mm -hmm. because they think they're going to lose their fans to this band or whatever. But in reality, you're just being a friend to your fans and they're going to love you even more for it. You know what I mean? Which I've learned, but so yeah, you know, I just, I'm, I feel very fortunate that people want to hear what I have to say about things and, you know, people will uh, listen to my recommendations and, um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I'm doing. Um, I, I've been on Twitch a little bit over this. Mm -hmm. um, a little. Yeah, just a little. I need to get back on there, man. Mm -hmm. Just the world is so hard right now. It's so hard to like put on my, my happy face sometimes, you know? I feel like the, <laughs> uh, the globe is on fire at the moment. Yep, <laughs> you know? yep. no kidding. Well, hopefully so, the fire is going out. So it's it's kind of feeling that way that the fire is starting to die down. Yeah, I well, feel that. Or I'm maybe that's just to, me being really hopeful. <laughs> I'm starting to get a little bit more positive about things and, you know. Yeah. But uh definitely had some hard times during the pandemic, you know. I don't I don't doubt that every single one of us did, you know. Yeah. But before we get too much into that, so I want I want to kind of go back to one thing. So now boosting we want to talk about in, in particular so how you boost the un, unsigned bands the underground bands so first thing is like how do you find them because obviously you're a busy guy you got a lot on your plate you know you're a full-time musician you do a lot of social media and all the rest of it you got to promote yourself you got to promote the band how does trevor stranad actually end up finding all the fucking bands he finds because you are insane with promoting these bands where do you find them um it's just what I've been doing for 20 plus years. You know what I mean? So like applying it to like giving back is like really natural, but um, the key is to put your blinders on to the rest of the stuff you don't like in metal. Cause metal is a very big blanket term. You know yeah. what I mean? There's a lot of stuff. I would venture to say that I don't even like most metal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I like a shit ton of metal, you know? So um, really it, I, I use like, um, a, I have a Facebook with no friends, basically like a blank account. And I have to use, I have to have an account to run the band account. Yep. You know. Mm -hmm. So what yep. I do with that is I follow every single band in the world, basically that I like every label. The key is learning the labels. Honestly, once yeah. you have a grip on all the labels out there, big and small, um, it's it's easy. It's way it's way easier to stay on top of what's coming out. So, you know, there'll be like 20 different labels that I'm watching. Um, Bandcamp also always sign up for the um, notifications on Bandcamp mm -hmm. and then make a separate folder in your email for all that shit. So you're not annoyed by it, but you can go look at it when you want to and see what's coming out. Um, another thing is like the illegal downloading blogs, um, you, you know, like what, wherever you stand on that, every, every band gets filtered through there. So it's almost like you get to see what's coming out. If you stop by one of those, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, what else? Um, 
Yeah, a lot of it is just, you know, watching the labels and knowing and not letting the other crap you don't like in metal exhaust you. So you got to kind of put your blind up and choose your battles with who you're following, what outlets you're following, you know. Um, I try to avoid the clickbaity world as much as possible. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't I don't care what Mashoga ate for breakfast. You know, I don't care about Devin Townsend's new shoes. You know, like, I really yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah. but, um, so really uh, honing in on the certain, like, tunnel vision on, on what you like is may seem daunting at first, but once you get the hang of it, it becomes easier to just get the info that you want, you know? Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Now, one more thing I just want to ask you about that. So is that, how do you kind of pick and choose those labels? Like you said that, that you got to learn them all. Like, are you actually following every fucking one, you know? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. Any, any label that's put out anything I've liked, I'll, I'll follow, you know? And um, it's like I said, like once you kind of like hone in on it, Mm -hmm. it's not as daunting it's not as as crazy like once you know how to like find the stuff you know what i mean and mm -hmm. then you have this constant influx of you know i check my uh, my Bandcamp emails Bandcamp i love check Bandcamp often check the charts on Bandcamp. um a lot of music i discover from checking out other people's lists other people that have done like the dirty work before me you know what i mean mm -hmm. yep totally. um that's a great thing to do also, um, I will look for bands by genre, kind of. Yep. Like, I'll be like, today, I want to find bands that sound exactly like Celtic Frost. And I will <laughs> deep dive the internet. I will, like, comb forums. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. metal forums, stuff like that. And uh, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just good at, like, snooping and I like kind of <laughs> apply that to to metal you know and uh um but yeah band camp's a great outlet um you know following bands on social media and seeing who they're friends with who they're talking about you know like i'm always paying attention to that um also metal archives is like such a huge part of my life i'm on there every single day <laughs> it's my home page you know, when I start my computer straight up, like, so, you know, it's such a valuable resource. I always recommend checking out, like, the similar artists to find mm -hmm. new bands. Um, that's always great. Um, yeah, just Metal Archives is like an infinite well of uh, info. Discogs as well, you know. You, you, uh, are like, you are like the detective of death metal. like Sherlock Trevor. Yeah. Kinda, I guess, you know, and I'm just like, I've normalized it. So it doesn't seem like I'm doing this weird legwork or anything anymore. It's like this constant influx of cool shit. Sometimes it's too much cool shit, honestly. Like, yeah. I'm like a little kid with ketchup. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, you just more end up covered and more. in metal. <laughs> yeah, more and more and more. And, um, <laughs> you know, I was doing the obituarist column. And mm -hmm. I honestly bit off way more than I could chew by doing 20 to 30 bands a month and a few paragraphs mm -hmm. on each band. So like I set the bar really high for myself and I ended up just kind of burning out on like the adjectives and describing it. And like, you know, like this is going to rip your dick off for the floor. And that was really where I hit the wall. It wasn't that I ran out of bands. Like there's no shortage of new talent. Like it's always, 
always new stuff happening and you know honing in on metal and like staying excited about what's new like gives me energy for the band it gives me mm-hmm. positive vibes to do what i do i feel like i'm on this mission to like spread the gospel you know what i mean and uh our band our band is definitely a gateway band i've noticed you know it's gotten mm-hmm. a lot of people into the extreme which is very yep. cool i like i like being that and um yeah it's just i feel like it's my personal mission to just fly the flag of metal as hard as i can and you know it's in it's to the point of like being neurotic about it you know like if i don't have a metal shirt on like i don't feel right you know <laughs> like it's it's you it's feel kind of dirty without your metal shirt on yeah it's just like ingrained in me and in a way it's kind of like my security blanket too you know what i mean like it's my thing man it's just, it's just mm-hmm. what i like and uh really just i needed to be in this band and i needed to have this life because it makes me so happy and it's kind of my blinders to the rest of the world and the state of things and like i just kind of tunnel vision on what i love and um that keeps me afloat that keeps me Mm -hmm. energized to do the band and um yeah it just keeps me young you know and i think it was a good look for the band to be Mm -hmm. like hey um we care about the scene, you know, like we're from the scene. We're not better than the scene. We're a part of it. And, you know, it's all about friendship and lifting other bands up and um, just raising awareness where there just is, aren't that many channels to find out this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like the internet has definitely helped majorly, but it's still not on the radio. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, I feel like the internet is kind of, the radio to death metal you know what i mean even mm-hmm. downloading and stuff like i'm not mad about downloading especially like after the spotify era like people are delusional that think they're giving their money to bands through spotify you know yes. what i mean so like <laughs> if i'm gonna go download a few albums and then buy them all anyway like i don't get what the point is on even staying on spotify if you're a really hardcore metal head a really insane oh. death metal head the uh, the scope of things that are on there are so mm-hmm. limited, and mm-hmm. um, people are letting an algorithm decide, like how invested they are in this music, kind of in a way. You know what I mean? Like uh, yeah. I don't like that. I just don't like putting a glass ceiling on it. Like oh, I can't listen to that because it's not on. It's not been mm-hmm. spoon fed to me during this really easy way. So yeah. it's you know I can't acknowledge it. You know mm-hmm. like that just kind of breaks my heart a little bit, honestly. Yeah. So, um, you know, like I'm guilty of it too. I stream because it's fucking convenient as hell. I get that, you know, but, but, um, I just, I buy the shit out of records. I love collecting. I love, like I'm surrounded by, I got like 4,000 metal CDs in in this room here. And, um, I got no, no signs of stopping, no want to stop (laughs) whatsoever. And, uh, yes, it's adolescent. Yes. It's kind of, um, but that's like what this whole thing is to me. That's what metal is to me. It's like, it's staying a teenager. It has like arrested my development at 15 years old by being <laughs> in this band, I swear to God. And um, I love it. Honestly, I love where I'm at. I love having the voice that I have and being trusted by people. And um, yeah, it's just been really great. It's been really rewarding and um mm-hmm. It's cool to be known as this guy that like that helps the scene and cares and because I really do, man. I really do. 
Yeah. yeah, that is definitely your your reputation. And then with all of this, I think you might actually be my spirit animal because I feel the exact same way about the scene that you do. It's like one of my friends started calling me the metal missionary a long time ago because I was always like, have you heard the word of our Lord and Savior, Ronnie James Dio? Or just like, get really like, listen to this, listen to this. and just <laughs> Yeah, that's me, you know, to the, to the yeah. point where I've annoyed all my friends, but um. <laughs> But now, now they're all metalheads. And now I can just stop punishing them and take it to a broader scale, you know. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, you do so much for the the scene that it's it's I love it. And I, I know I don't know you that well, but it's like I I I really identify with how you do things and how you boost up the scene. And it, it just it makes me happy. <laughs> oh, I'm fl very flattered to hear that. I'm very glad to hear that, you know. Um like I said, it's it's out of necessity for me, you know, it does my mm -hmm. heart good um keeps me on a level you know like um mm -hmm. keep you know like I don't know just very blessed to be here very you know like I don't know I never saw it keeps this you grounded it does it really does mm -hmm. where the band is like constantly rising on this like amazing trajectory all mm -hmm. this time over 20 years like you know staying in the underground has kept me grounded um mm -hmm it's kept everything realistic, you know? Um, and, um, I don't know. It just, it just renews my excitement all the time. There's new sounds, there's old sounds coming back. I think about it as this like chart, this like, you know, like with the, the branches of genres and subgenres splintering off. And, um, it's amazing. You know, it's honestly mm -hmm. like anytime I feel like I have a small grip on the whole of it, like, <laughs> something it's new it's just not you know mm -hmm. like there's so much metal that like i'm surprised i'm not running into a metal head every two steps outside like i i can't like <laughs> compute it honestly like it seems it just seems like there's just this infinite well of bands and um yeah man i love seeing young people getting into it whether they mm -hmm. like the new, more polished stuff, and they're trying to be olympically fast, or if they like the old demo sounding death metal, you know, that's out of tune and like play on Stratocasters. <laughs> and, you know, like, I love that it's going in every direction, you know, like it's, it's so exciting for me. Mm -hmm. And I, I like so many different corners of metal that like, I don't get bored with it, you know. I do love all other kinds of music. Like as I get older, I expand my horizons more and more. Um, I'll be 40 in a couple of months here. And um, also when I started to smoke weed uh, <laughs> several years back now, but that also kind of blew the doors open for liking new sounds and kind of like appreciating stuff a little bit outside of my personal box. But when it's not metal time, dude, it's ABBA time. It's hard <laughs> time. I like funky bass. I like shaking my ass. I love 80, <laughs> 80s pop. I love AOR, like total dad music. Um, I like everything, man. I really do. And I don't know, music's just the best. It's the, the driving force in my life, absolutely. And the thing that makes me happy. And um, I just prefer to keep it simple, you know, I just keep my life simple. Lots of music and, um, you know, lots of being involved. And that's what makes me happy, you know. Yeah, so definitely, I want to I want to ask you. So, what is your advice for bands on boosting themselves? But before you do, before you do, um, actually, let's let's go on some. Let's kind of narrow it back a little bit. 
what are some tips you have for bands not to do to boost themselves? Because I'm sure you get everybody and their dog saying, check out my band, man, every two mm-hmm. minutes. Um, yeah, uh, my the first thing that comes to mind is the kind of like information drops that are coming for bands. Like in six days, we're going to tell you something. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't work out of the gate unless yep. you have a lot of anticipation for your band, unless you have a lot of fanship or whatever you want to call it. So like, you know, and I think another mistake is that, and I've done this too in bands, is you're so excited about your new band out of the gate, you want to put it in people's ears immediately. And that might not be the smartest thing, honestly. Like the best thing you can do is sit back, um, be a band for a while, learn each other, grow, write music, then throw it away, then write better music. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Then really hone it in and come with a demo out of nowhere or something. You know what I mean? Like start with a professional product. Um, There's no point in just showing off your cool logo and saying we have a band, but there's no music to show for it yet or anything yet. You know what I mean? Like I think people, they get excited about the aesthetic. They get excited about like drumming up some kind of like excitement that they can't yet without any product product yeah yeah but um so i think it's important to be really critical of what you're doing and realize that like you know i look back at the early bdm stuff and even the stuff we released first and i I, like now i have the discretion to be like nah man like we're not good enough yet you know what i mean But, um, so you got to kind of like be critical. Um, you know, uh, of course I would recommend Bandcamp as, as an outlet for bands. Um, you know, it's kind of like bridging the gap of like a merch store and a label, like all in one. Um, and uh, you know, I just, I just love Bandcamp. I think it's great. You, you go there, you buy the CD, um, you get the download immediately and the CDs in the mail, and um, that's all I can ask for. It's great. So uh, mm-hmm. I recommend Bandcamp over SoundCloud and other things like that. I think that Bandcamp is is the one. Um, you know, I think that there's a certain amount of. I would be trying to build clout on Bandcamp if I was a young band right now. Clout. Mm-hmm. You know, like like every sale on Bandcamp is something to put on your rap sheet to like pitch totally. to a label, basically. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas when BDM was getting together, it was mp3.com was kind of the yardstick. It was before social media, just before MySpace, you know, and, um, so we used our popularity on, um, mp3.com at the time because we were like at the top of the death metal chart for a couple months there. And, um, yeah, really like as a small band, you're just trying to collect these small victories that are going to look good on paper because yep. you you need a bio sheet you need to talk about yourself in the third person about how awesome you are on this rap sheet that you're going to like use to pitch yourself to labels booking management whatever you know what i mean so um basically the beginning of the, our band was okay we need to get a cd out or something out on any label yeah that, that can get reviewed and yep. then 
we will take the parts of the reviews that we like and put them in our little rap sheet. You know, like it was all going towards this this bio, this supposed perfect bio that we were going to make. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we <clears throat> went the route of sending demos out and we sent to labels big and small, you know, from like very, very death metal centric stuff to a bit more towards uh, metalcore or hardcore and just kind of everything in between because we kind of had our feet in both scenes, you know? Yeah. And um, 28 rejection letters came, you know? <laughs> 28 they slowly 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 all came in you know some of them more encouraging than others some personalized some not you know some were just automated and um then we got the offer from willow tip which we were very excited about and willow tip is still a label i really love and uh, Mm -hmm. one of those labels that's good to keep an eye on if you like brutal death metal and technical death metal so (laughs) You know, that was really exciting. That gave us a really like shot in the arm, like, okay, cool. Like we are a legitimate band. We can get out there. And mm-hmm. then Metal Blade called a little bit after that. And um, you know, it sucked to tell Jason from Willow Tip, like, dude, I'm sorry, but you you understand, right? Like, you know, <laughs> we have to go take this opportunity. And there was a little bitterness on his end for a while, but we're cool now, we're friends, we talk a lot. And um, but re- really like you just have to realize that you have nothing when you start. You can't yeah. expect any demand for your band. Like that was something I didn't get. You know, like yeah. we gotta leave town, man. You know, if we leave town, that's when it's gonna happen. Yeah. But no, like there's no one gonna be on the other end of that. You know, yeah. what I mean? no yeah. one is waiting for you. No one is like gonna magically show up. Um, so it's all about getting legitimized through a release and reviews and um you know, Bandcamp can help legitimize you if you have enough. Like, there are bands like Traders, for example, that aren't on a label even, or Shadow of Intent, or Brand of Sacrifice, that are killing it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, they've cut out all the middlemen of the label, like all the greedy hands taking pieces and pieces and pieces of a CD sale. You know what I mean? So there are really positive things that can happen through that. And, um, you know, you can get a booking agent and not have a label. You can get a manager and not have a label these days. Like, it's it's a different world right now. You know, yeah. like, like the label model might not be the end-all, be-all for a, a young band. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you can reach anybody the same way a label can. You know, like, you can – the internet is very powerful if you know what you're doing with it. And um, so, yeah, you know, I think that – when you show up the first time, you better have something that's going to turn heads. Artwork better be on point. The music better be on point. Um, you know, like I think young bands growing up in the social media era, like have that part of it on lock. You know, I think that I even learn a lot from watching young bands like Sanguisugabog or a bit younger. Um, some of the other maggot stomp bands and the way that they like are omnipresent on um, social media and you get a real sense for the character of the people in the band because they reveal so much you know what i mean like they're very forthcoming and they kind of like create this environment through their social media because you see them practicing you see them like bonding hanging out um so like I think a lot of young people have that aspect and they're really ready to apply that to a band. But um 
I think it's it's about like um, censorship, you know, like knowing when it's good and when yeah. it's good. Like mm-hmm. when you're young and excited and 16, of course you just want to put out a song immediately, you know, but like it's better to use discretion. It's better to wait. It's better to edit yourself. And um, yeah, you know, so cool. that's some of my <laughs> advice for <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And then, so I see a lot of bands like they instantly go for the self-promotion, especially on like my Twitter um, I started doing this band camp roulette thing and one band was like, well, I'm going to direct you to exactly where to find my album. And that was kind of a turnoff for me. Um, yep. but like, when are your, what are your tips for how to do that kind of thing? Right. Where you're, you're interacting on social media to promote your band, but without being like, you know, the classic, here's my band link, go look at it. Gucci. And it's not really relevant. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. You have to realize that like the people you're trying to reach get like, bombarded with music from people you know what i mean like mm-hmm. like i'm sure you guys get bombarded all the time you know what all i mean the- so like um yeah you have to like uh kind of be on eggshells a little bit i want to say and uh be sensitive to that um you know i don't think it's a good look to just spam the shit out of everyone you yeah. know what i mean it's real. it's not that'll it's just like, hurt you it will like right off the bat it's going to make people have a a distaste for you um when a band comes or and just like likes every fucking thing in my whole you know instagram you know like that's not a good look man it it just seems it just doesn't seem genuine it seems like a a play for likes or whatever like that or to be noticed Mm -hmm. you know and it's just it comes off as desperate. It comes off as like that you don't have anything of actual value to catch, to bring people in. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not the look you want for your band. So think about it when you're, when you're about to spam somebody or, you know what I mean? Like there are better routes. I wish I knew how to explain how to reach someone that you want to reach. Like I'm, I'm really like racking my brain. I think so. I think you know how to do it. You just don't know how to word it. So I'm going to help just a little bit because it's something that I see you do. You build a community around your band, which then promotes you outside. Like it's people promoting you outside of yourselves. So you've built up this huge community around you promote underground bands. You like to help people out and you've built people, you've built relationships with people without even realizing it. I think in some ways that are now going to advocate for you because you're advocating for other people and they see you as this genuine force in the metal industry that wants to help and they're like hell yeah i'm gonna go promote the black dahlia murder because they kick ass look how much they help us and i mean no that's that's the kind of thing that i look for yeah you're definitely right i think that's a very smart thing to do as a young band too is um you know be transparent about who your friends are the other bands lift them up, repost them. And like you said, it starts to kind of chain reaction, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, uh, definitely don't get caught up in the competition. You know, it's like, think about like helping other bands and um, that'll help, you know what I mean? Retweeting, um, like, you know, yesterday, Sing with Sogabog's record dropped, gotta smash the retweet, help them out, you know, it's no big deal. It's just, 
what you do, you know? Exactly. So, and um, yeah, I think getting on that ground level and showing that you care, you know, that you're a part of a scene is integral, you know, and, uh, yes. um, Converge, um, the guitar player from Converge said, you know, if you really want to be around in a band for a long time and have longevity, you have to do something outside of the band yep. too. You have yep. to show that you give a fuck about what's going on, what, whether it's having a label, whether it's booking, whether it's, you know what I mean? Like there's, you have to show them that it's not just this face that you put on or whatever. Like this is, yep. you know, it's bigger than you, that you're a part of it that um that goes a long way it really does mm -hmm. yep. and so this kind of leads into my next question of like playlists and creating lists and things like that um it's something that i've seen work really well with some other bands well they'll go and they'll create you know a, i'm just using spotify as an example but a spotify playlist and they're like this is my weekend workout mix and they start sharing other bands that way that it's you know like a mix of big and small so big to attract people and then small to introduce them to people do you think that's a valuable tool and like, uh, yeah people? definitely definitely mm -hmm. you know i've poked around on spotify enough around playlists and stuff that i think that doing something like that for a young man is very smart um mm -hmm. you know put you and your friends bands on there also mm -hmm. some bigger stuff like you said to draw people in they'll just happen upon your playlist, you know, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I think that's a really uh, valid uh, approach there. Yeah. Well, okay, the, other thing, <laughs> the other thing too is I, I know that the people that seem to do that the most, I mean, they end up attracting attention to their band eventually. Like you do that, obviously. Uh, Necrosexual was doing that. I don't know if he's still doing that. But, it, mm -hmm. but I mean, like, here's, here's the thing. Like when a band gets their own song on the playlist, they're going to obviously share it as well. Your band's on it. Everybody wins. I, I think it's I think it's great when you do it that way. Um, so off playlist. Now we're on our final question here, which is making money in the age of COVID for a musician. So obviously you're not touring anymore. Last year when I talked to you with Matt, did this had just happened? Mm -hmm. No things going on. I know you said you were basically streaming and looking at other alternatives at the time. Can you kind of go over some ways that you personally have been able to pull in income, even though you lost probably a lot during for not touring? Uh, yeah, you know, like I've been very fortunate in that our band is so established, you know what I mean? And the, yeah. like I have this Z level of celebrity or whatever you want to call it. And, um, <laughs> you know, so like I, I'm on. At least, you're at least an S or okay. maybe a, you know, a T because you're Trevor. <laughs> yeah, T level. I'll, I'll take it i'll take it so so through that like i've been able to um be on cameo first of all which has been really fun um yeah. and sometimes it gets a little dark and you're cheering up some people that are terminally ill or you know yeah. it's it's hard it's emotion emotionally uh draining at times but sure. for the most part it's very lighthearted. it's mostly like birthday shout outs and um like I've made people cry like they're so happy to see me out of nowhere talking to them about their birthday that they cry you know yeah. like that is like so powerful to me and so like <laughs> awesome you know like I, I've always yeah. been really fan forward you know and this is kind of like an extension of that and it's, it's been going pretty well 
uh, Twitch was really good at first. Um, then everything like popped off with the riots and everything got really darkly political and I kind of yeah. backed away from it and never like jumped back in. Uh, but it was proving to be um, pretty lucrative. I know that if I had established a real schedule and stuck with it, that mm -hmm. it, it could have been huge. Like it was growing at a very, you know, like I had a built-in audience already, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. in a way though, that was also intimidating because I'm stepping out on this new platform, um, you know, playing games in front of people and um, all of a sudden there's just hundreds of them there. You know what I mean? Like I'm, yeah. I'm not starting from scratch, definitely. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's a little bit intimidating to kind of like, all right, turn it on. Don't turn it off. You know, it's time to be the comedian guy, you know, and um, I just found that hard to do sometimes during this, you know, like uh, I uh, struggle with depression and this did not help, obviously, you know, <laughs> yeah. like having nothing but time to think is the worst thing that I can, you know, like uh, it was yeah. great to be home from tour because we have too much pride to ever stop. Like yeah. there is no, like that is the rule in Black Dahlia Murder is that you're, you can't say no. Mm -hmm. Like there's no, there is no, no. Like if there's a tour, we're going to do it. If there's an opportunity, we're going to take it. And you have to be along from the ride and prioritize it. Like there's no other way. So where was I even going with this? <laughs> we're, we were talking about income okay okay yeah. yeah so like i don't know man you know so the other guys uh we have brandon doing um lessons online smart. you know which is a smart thing to do yeah. he's very talented smart. he's very musically inclined and uh yep. you know he's very capable to that end yeah um alan has been doing session work um he'll smart. either you know straight up record drums for your song or album or he will program drums for you to use you know like really fleshed out really nice program yep. drums he's been kind yep. of monetizing that a little bit um brian is uh delivering weed which is uh legal in michigan and uh that is pretty much the perfect job for him i i'm not <laughs> gonna lie uh and he he's the uh, other original member of the band and he's like the number cruncher guy the managerial type guy the um when the shit hits the fan you turn to brian he's that guy yeah. you know and mm -hmm. i'm like out in front doing the interviews being the face of the band and um those are our roles you know what i mean so every band needs that kind of hard ass guy like brian the last word guy you yeah. know i'm glad yeah. i'm not that guy i'm you know i i don't like budgeting stuff i don't like a lot of the shit that he has to endure you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And that's yep. like his kind of specialty. Um, but uh, so, yeah, you know, it's definitely been hard. Um, it was weird putting out a record during this. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. But honestly, we got in at the best time to do it during the pandemic, I, I think, because it had just started. People yep. were still positive. They were like, oh, just we'll be at home for a week. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. Um, all of a sudden everybody was stuck at home. So everybody wanted to get an interview. You know, we had more press than I think we would have outside the pandemic because 
people were stuck at home and it was one of the only safe things you could do is like zoom a band or whatever you know what i mean so in a way it was kind of the perfect storm of of press and there weren't that many albums coming out a lot of people like chose not to put the records out and just wait yep. so the la the lane was kind of wide open right at that moment you know so as far as like a successful drop of an album during a pandemic i think it went as well as it could have you know yeah and also i look at it like we could have been stuck at the end of an album cycle with no album coming down the pipes and had no fresh content for this whole pandemic mm -hmm. you know what i mean we could have been like just recycling old crap and just be kind of like out of gas and just yep. totally had no momentum through that so at least we had a record out and you know we have the word of mouth excitement of a new album and new artwork and new interviews and so a lot of what would normally transpire still did you know yep. what i mean but we just yep. weren't out there to like push the, the album which, you know it definitely did hurt and still hurts but um i'm still glad we did it i'm still glad we put it out um you know i think it being kind of plague themed um coincidentally yeah. too <laughs> yeah. really resonate with people and yeah. you know hopefully it would be the soundtrack to this thing and you know i it felt good to give people something positive to be excited about during this you know like something to distract them where as i turn to music for distraction so hard you know like if i can give people that comfort that escape um during this you know that's huge i think yeah mm -hmm. great so we need to wrap up since we're getting low on time. Um, so any final words you want to say, Trevor? Final words? Oh, and just, uh, thanks for listening. Um, thanks for trusting my uh, my word on other bands. I'm going to keep keep them coming at you. And uh, yeah, we're going to hit the ground running as soon as things open up. It looks like full U.S. in the fall with nice. any luck. Yeah. yeah Please that's... come to Oregon. Oh, I'd love everybody to. skips Oregon. Please come to Oregon. I'd love to. Kitchener again, so I can see you, Trevor. I didn't get to go the last time. Yeah, man. Kitchener. Awesome. Will do, man. All right. So thanks for having me, guys. Party on Party on Curtis. Party on Trevor. Party on. <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast. Please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared. <laughs>